0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome. Thanks for making Washington Watch part of your day. Well, coming up on this Wednesday edition, Biden's military leaders are running into stiff resistance on Capitol Hill this week as Republican lawmakers are pushing back on the Biden administration's efforts to advance abortion and transgenderism in the military. I will
2: say again, this is not something that we support or fund.
1: You,
3: so you think hosting a drag queen story hour on a military base isn't supporting the drag queen story hour?
2: I stand by what I just said. But,
3: but you may stand by it, but it's belied by the evidence over and over again.
1: That was Florida Congressman Matt Gates in an exchange with Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin earlier today. As a result of that exchange, General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, reportedly has agreed to stop the Drag Queen Story Hours on Military Bases. Congressman Matt Gage joins us with the details in just a moment. And right now, the Senate is debating Alabama Senator Te- Tommy Tuberville's efforts to counter the Department of Defense's new abortion-promoting policies by slowing down senior military promotions.
2: The senior senator from Ver- Alabama claims that his hold has nothing to do with the Supreme Court decisions in Dobbs. Of course it does. It has everything to do with it. He's telling women in the military they're not allowed to make their own decisions about their health. That's wrong.
1: Well, Senator Tuberville's move has the Defense Department and Democrats upset. We're going to talk about it. And as the chorus of those calling for more gun control in the wake of the tragic event at Covenant School in Nashville this week grows, some leaders are actually focusing on the right place.
4: The battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. The struggle is against evil itself.
1: We can't forget this. That was Tennessee Governor Bill Lee. My good friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills, California, will join me a little bit later. And by the way, I'll be joining Pastor Jack in a special nationwide prayer event tonight. He'll have the details when he joins us later. Also, while a lot is still unknown, authorities have said, that the 28-year-old biological female, Audrey Hale, who stormed Covenant School, was targeting the school. So was this a hate crime? Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri says yes, and he's called upon the Department of Justice to take the appropriate actions. Senator Hawley joins us later. And growing concerns that China is engaged in a dangerous game of monopoly, only it's not a game.
2: Foreign nationals from many countries like China Buying up the land around our critical infrastructure, around our telecom infrastructure, around military bases, around government offices. They're not buying it because they're looking for another place to invest. They're buying it to set up shop for their own operations and their own spying and their own control of our economy. We should pay attention to this.
1: That was Oklahoma Senator James Langford. Senator Langford, he joins us later as well. And finally, actor and author Kirk Cameron is in town today for a Faith and Family Story Hour here in Washington, D.C., and he told me he would stop by FRC and join us here on Washington Watch, so we'll be watching for him. The website, TonyPerkins.com, if you miss anything, it's right there at TonyPerkins.com. Our word for today comes from Ezekiel 5 as the Lord gives a message to his people through the prophet Ezekiel. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have multiplied disobedience more than the nations that are all around you, have not walked in my statutes or kept my judgments, nor even done according to the judgments of the nations that are all around you. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I, even I, am against you. You know, Judah, a nation created by God, was given a blueprint for success, God's statutes and his judgments. Yet they rejected them. They were so rebellious that they were not even restrained by the laws of the godless nations around them. They ended up not only losing the favor of God, which had been upon them and prospered them. They became the enemy of God. And that is not a place you want to be. For more on our Bible reading plan, go to FRC.org Bible. A Heartbroken Nation Continues. To grieve the senseless shooting at the Christian school in Nashville that left six victims dead, along with a shooter, a biological woman who identified as a man. Now, the legacy media has jumped into action to paint this sickening violence as a reaction either against legislation that protects kids from experimental gender treatments or against Christians who stand for biblical truth and, and won't embrace this gender ideology. We've seen just how normalized transgender ideology has become in our society, as even the military has routinely hosted drag queen story hours for children on military bases. Joining me now to discuss this in Morris Congressman Matt Gates, who successfully challenged military leadership today over their embrace of transgenderism and woke ideology. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. He represents the 1st Congressional District of Florida. Congressman Gates, welcome to Washington Watch. Well, thanks so much for having me, Tony. So this transgender ideology has infiltrated almost every aspect of our society. And, and while there's still much to learn about, yesterday, about the shooting earlier this week in Nashville, it appears that it was part of the motivation there for killing three children and three adults. But this ideology has also invaded our military. You... Questioned Pentagon leadership about that earlier today. Tell us what happened
3: Well, President Biden has submitted a budget that has seventy million dollars for diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, and so I traced how some of that money had been used in prior budgets and I found a series of festivals and events where drag queens were brought in to bring to bring stories to children and that 's particularly troubling to me because It must be very confusing for a child that understands the concept of mother and father by nature, by their very existence, then having to come into contact with a gender dysphoric individual. Uh, I'm very troubled by that. I didn't want it to happen on military bases, and I'm worried, Tony, that when we focus on these frivolous things, we're not doing the really important work within military personnel to recruit and retain the best and brightest so that America always holds the high ground. And so I asked uh, Secretary Austin and General Milley why taxpayers should have to fund these drag queen performances for children, and somewhat... Uh, Surprisingly, they didn't defend the conduct, they acknowledged that it was wrong. And to their credit, they said, if I brought them examples of where this was happening on installations, that they would use their power to stop it. So in a world of divided government where Joe Biden's the president, I guess that counts as a win for the day. But we've got to remain diligent that in the name of diversity, equity and inclusion, we don't create a more divisive and a less welcoming uh, fighting force. We're really, really struggling with recruiting. And we've always been a nation that has had different contributions from different regions of the country to the fighting force, Uh, the American South, the American Southeast make an oversized contribution to that fight. And so when values are presented that are antithetical to the values that a lot of people grow up with, then I think that can really have an impact on readiness as well as our culture.
1: Uh, So so I want to be real clear on this. uh, Secretary Austin, General Milley, said that if they can, if they're aware of this, you bring them the examples, and if they have the authority, they'll stop it. Well, I would assume as Secretary of Defense and as the Joint Chief, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, they have the authority. So are you confident that we're going to see this uh, type of uh, craziness roll back on our military bases? Uh, Trust but verify, a
3: great leader once said. And so we're asking folks who experience this divisive wokeness to go to gates.house.gov, share with us the information so we can bring it forward, highlight it, and then defund it. Get rid of the authorities that even allow this nonsense, whether it's dividing people on gender or on race or on belief. I oppose that. I think that one of the remarkable things about our military is that they are in a community of common fate divided, uh, included in that is a common sense of mission and patriotism and love of country and Driving a a DEI agenda into the military actually has the opposite effect of what some of those people think it might.
1: Yeah. Well, let let me first just say thank you and applaud your efforts in focusing on this because some don't want to touch it, but I'm with you. I think it is absolutely important that our military focus on its mission, and that is fighting and winning wars, not promoting drag queen story hours and the rest of this woke agenda. Uh, Congressman, I want to switch topics for a moment. Senator Tommy uh, Tuberville is in a standoff with the Pentagon leadership over the military's illegal abortion policy. He's using the Senate's power uh, to promote uh, flag officers to uh, get the Department of Defense to to retreat from this abortion-promoting policy. Uh, I believe I didn't watch all of the committee hearing today, but I believe that topic came up. Uh, Any movement there?
3: Well, I would ask all of your viewers to pray for strength for Senator Tuberville. I stand with him, and there is immense pressure on him from Democrat senators, Republican senators, lobbyists, the military-industrial complex, to cave. But what Senator Tuberville is doing is righteous. He is making sure that... Our money that we pay in taxes is not being used to facilitate abortions through travel and reimbursement. This is something our military never would have done before because it is against federal law to use taxpayer funding for abortions. And when the Department of Defense just ignores federal law because they're in some spasm in response to the Dobbs decision, that should not allow things to just remain as normal. One of the accountability tools that senators have is uh, to put a hold on promotions. And if this is going to be a Department of Defense that violates federal law, that takes away our right to reserve our nation's funds away from the abortion enterprise, then maybe they shouldn't have their billets filled and should not have their requests met. And so I am so proud of Senator Tuberville, and I know that he gains strength through the prayer of others. And that would be my request to your viewers.
1: And we are certainly doing that. And folks, uh, we've gathered about 20,000 of you have uh, signed the petition of support for the senator, which we're going to deliver to him. So, if you'd like to join that, text the word "protect," text the word "protect" to 67742. That's 67742. The word "protect," and we're going to get that uh, to him. Uh, Congressman, the, uh, the the Senate has that ability when it comes to promotions. They're the ones that advance those, confirming those promotions. But the House, under Republican leadership, uh, really is controlling the purse strings. So do the two levers we have there over the Department of Defense, are we going to see some action by them in moving away from these harmful policies?
3: Well, Kevin McCarthy said that we will use the power of the subpoena and the power of the purse. And at times those have to go hand in hand for us to assess who is making the decision to flaunt federal law on abortion or to host drag queen story hours for children on military bases. And we've actually developed tools during the contest for the speakers race to identify those specific bureaucrats and then zero out their salary. So that's how we're able to weave together the investigatory powers with some of those powers of the person. In the past, Republicans have been all too willing to just vote on some omnibus bill that is thousands of pages that we just get a few hours to read before enactment. But we got concessions in January as yeah. a part of the speaker's contest to have individual review of this legislation and the funding streams. And that gives us the ability to hold people accountable with dollars.
1: And, and so far. That's exactly what Republicans are doing. They're moving down that path. And and again, I was one of those that was saying what was unfolding in that speaker's race, the outcome was going to be good. And I think we're in a good place, at least the Republicans are at this point. Congressman Matt Gates out of time, but I want to thank you for joining us. And again, thanks for standing up and uh, defending the values that made this country great. My pleasure. It's an honor, Tony. Thank you. All right, folks, again, you can uh, show your support for Senator Tuberville, protect Text the word PROTECT to 67742. All right, tonight there's going to be a special nationwide prayer service praying for our nation in the wake of what happened in Tennessee and what it has revealed about our nation. I'm going to be joining with Pastor Jack tonight. Well, he's going to join us after the break to tell us more about it. Don't go away.
5: Would you like to spend consistent time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible.
6: Learn more at FRC.org forward slash life.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. Just a couple of news items earlier today. Lawmakers in Kentucky, Republican lawmakers that is, overrode the governor's veto of the Transgender Health Bill. Now, this was a bill that would protect children from harmful experimental surgeries and drugs. Uh, Several states have passed those, as we've been talking about. The Democratic governor there in Kentucky vetoing it. But today, Republican lawmakers, on the uh, second-to-last day of their legislative session, overrode the governor's veto. We also have bills in Montana uh, that, uh, uh, that bill is headed to the governor, and we have a bill waiting on the governor's desk in indiana so these bills people recognizing what's happening here with these experimental surgeries and drugs harmful to children and lawmakers are stepping in well as the nation continues to reflect on this week's senseless attack on innocent christians children three adults three children in nashville we're reminded that solutions quite frankly will not come based upon legislation that comes from the city but from repentance from sin and turning our eyes to God. Now, I know that I've said this, and I'll say it every time. There are those who will mock that idea. But as believers, as as Christians, the Bible is very clear about that. And history is very clear about this. And this begins with prayer. Well, tonight I'll be among the leaders in a time of national prayer hosted by Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And I encourage everyone to join the service as we pray for our nation to turn back to God. It is America's only hope. Join me now to discuss this is Pastor Jack Hibbs, founding and lead pastor of Calvary Chapel Chino Hills in California. Pastor Jack, welcome back to Washington Watch. Tony, thank you very much. Uh, you and I have been texting back and forth, and, 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 and you know, we're, our, our hearts are grieving over this attack on these children and these adults at this Christian school, a theologically conservative uh, church and school. What does this say? about our nation?
4: Tony, it's not only something that is catastrophic to the people of Nashville, but the nation, but certainly most importantly, the very family of God. In light of all of this, the part that is most sobering, in my opinion, Tony, for the believer who knows the word of God, we can detect, we discern what's going on. In other words, as tragic as this is, none of it has surprised us. Jesus told us that we would be trending in the direction of what we're seeing in our media, in our nation. And so we're not caught off guard, but it doesn't take away the sting, the disgust and the pain of what we're seeing. But God knows, he warned us, and he told us that very, very bad things would happen when a nation forgets God. And that's where we're at right now, Tony. You know that very well.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. The governor of... Tennessee, who is a believer, he said the battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. The struggle is against evil itself. And we cannot forget that. And, and, and that's why this is not about gun control. It's not about mental health. This is about evil. And it, it's interesting that we see increasingly or repeatedly our children are being targeted. Now, I, I predicted this, and, and it's, it's become the storylines in many of these news reports that This is because transgender uh, people have not been accepted by parents and by the church, and Christianity is the problem. And so we just need to back away from biblical truth, and everybody will be okay.
7: Mm -hmm.
4: Well, Tony, there is actually a compliment, and there is a validation by that criticism, meaning this, man kicks back from the very one and from the very truth who loves him the christian church loves the transgender lgbtq community but we love them enough to do something what most people are not willing to take on and that is we love them enough to say and by the way it goes to adulterers and adulteresses right you you need to come out of this relationship or this experiment because it will damage you, it will hurt you, it will lead you into hopelessness. So when they try to flip it on us, frankly, it's not going to work. I just refuse to allow them to label us that way. I see what's going on. I understand. I used to be a a kid once, and I've got grandkids, that you blame the one that's telling you you can't have the cookies until you eat your dinner. And so what's going on is the church is under attack. Again, not surprising. Jesus said it would be like this. Oh, yeah, exactly. And so we want to keep loving uh, any community, including a religious community that's drifting away from God. We want to bring them to God. And so people don't want to hear that. So when we speak the truth and we do it in love, Tony, there's going to be a natural split. The truth will always divide. And we cannot let our emotions get involved in that division of it because truth has that effect. It separates, as it were, the wheat from the chaff. Here's the thing. We want all of those who are experiencing hopelessness in the transgender LBGTQ community to understand that Jesus loves them. He, it's true. He hates it, their sin. He died for them, but they, he loves them enough to bring them out of that world that he brought me out of the world that I was in and make me a new person. They need to hear about the hope. When right. they don't want the hope, Tony, then they're going to do everything to justify themselves. I mean, it's just
1: like the, God told the prophet Ezekiel you speak the words I have given you. We, we, As believers, as followers of Christ, we have to speak the word of God. It's very clear yep. on this. Yep. All right, uh, Pastor Jack, you've called for prayer, repentance. There's an event tonight. Uh, yep. Tell us very quickly how people can join in and be a part of that.
4: Yeah, it starts at seven o'clock Pacific time. I know that might be late for some East coasters, but it's going to go from seven to eight thirty. Tony, it's live. It includes you and many others, and um, yeah, we're calling the nation to repentance. And and here's here's our hope, Tony, that as we break our hearts before the Lord and pray and invite Him back, that He might just respond in His mercy and in His grace. Yes. And and you said it right right at the beginning. I, it's not only um, uh, our only hope. I think that you and I, we, the nation, this is our last hope. The Lord has shown us that it's past time to seek his face. If America is going to be saved, it's not going to be out of the White House or the State House. It's going to be in God's house. And that's tonight. They can go to jackhibbs.com. They can go to my Facebook page. There's going to be various platforms uh, streaming it. Uh, we understand that there are some Christian um networks that will be streaming it they're going to be taking it on so uh we're excited and we encourage everyone to come and join us get the family together let's get on our face together
1: well i will tell you this pastor jack i will only stay up late for the lord and for you so i'll be up tonight uh, here on the east coast praying with you so uh thanks so much for joining us mutual my friend all right that's my battle buddy pastor jack hibbs all right coming up china they're buying up u.s farmland why and what can be done about it. Senator James Langford is here next.
6: Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey.
8: They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com.
1: I'm your host, Tony Berg It's good to have you with us. The uh, Let me again give that... A- uh, text out if you'd like to text uh, in and sign the petition in support of Senator Tuberville and his efforts to get the military out of the abortion business. Simply text the word "protect." Protect the six seven seven four two. That's six seven seven four two. All right. Chinese investments in U.S. agricultural land now totals nearly three thousand three hundred ninety-four thousand acres, almost double what it was just three years ago. Now, to be fair, China is not the largest foreign investor in U.S. farmland. That would be Canada. But the specific location of many of these acquisitions near crucial infrastructure and even military bases is raising concerns in Congress toward both the motive and the potential consequences of these purchases. Joining me now to discuss this is Senator James Lankford. He serves on five Senate committees, including the Senate Homeland Security Committee, and the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, he represents the state of Oklahoma. Senator Langford, welcome back to the program. Good to
2: see you again, Tony. So
1: this is this is something that's actually been, um, and I've been doing a lot on China ever since they sanctioned me. I, I knew that there's uh, issues with China. And I, this just actually came across my, uh, my my screen earlier this week about the farmland that they're buying up. You're raising this issue as it pertains to Oklahoma, but it's a problem across the nation. Tell us about it.
2: It is. It's a problem nationwide because the Chinese are very specific on the land that they're actually going after. There's already in law that you can buy buy within a mile of a military installation, but the problem is is that they'll buy just outside that, or they'll buy land near it, or they'll buy land oversight, or land around our critical infrastructure, or Internet connections, cell towers. Uh, And in my state in Oklahoma, Chinese criminal organizations are buying up land and then raising marijuana that they can actually ship across the entire country. And they're literally trafficking people into the state, trafficking prostitutes, as well as labor uh, to be able to come into the state and put up armed guards around their grow facilities. Uh, it's a remarkable transition where the Chinese are being exceptionally aggressive to basically exploit our law and the lack of oversight in that area and to be able to come take
1: up land. Is all of this that's being done within the confines of the law?
2: Well, here's the gap that we have right now. Uh, if you are going to do less than 10 acres, there's no oversight on that at all for foreign uh, purchasing. If you're going to do a 99-year lease, there's no oversight on that currently. And there's also no, nothing called what's called the CFIUS process. This is a the Committee on International Foreign Investment in the United States. And so when a foreign entity is going to buy a healthcare company or a a technology company, whatever it may be. They have to get approval through the CFIUS process. But if you're buying the land, you don't have to do that. That's a big gap in our law, and the Chinese are exploiting
1: it right now, and I'm trying to close that loophole. I would think that Chinese companies would be near the top of the list of countries we would be concerned about coming in, given our relationship with them and what we know they're attempting to do.
2: Yeah, it should be if it's not. So Chinese companies, Russian companies, Iranian companies, and North Korean company, if they came in, they're not coming because they have nowhere else to invest. They have a very specific reason to try to get onto our soil. And as any farmer or rancher will tell you, there's a limited supply of some things, and top on that list is land. So when they come in, they'll pay cash, they'll pay a high amount, they'll mess up all the property values in the area, but they're also specifically buying land for their particular use in the Chinese Communist Party or Chinese criminal organizations that the Communist Party just overlooks. And they they know what they're doing and why they're here. They're just overlooking it. Last time I was on the southern border in uh, El Paso, Uh, We watched them actually arrest two Chinese nationals coming across the border that we don't know why they were coming in. But this is the nature of trafficking more and more Chinese citizens into the country uh, that are crossing our border illegally on our southern border. And then Chinese owners
1: actually buying property here. So, Senator, you've introduced legislation that would help protect American land. Uh, I mean, I think farmland is very important because that's how we get our food. It's called the Soil Act. Tell us about it.
2: It is the soil act closes this loophole about uh, international uh, purchasing. If you if you don't have uh, some kind of connection, what's called the Sifia process to get some kind of approval, you can't do it. And again, it's not going to block out Canadians or if there's an Italian group that wants to be able to build wind towers in some place, it doesn't diminish any of that. But it focuses specifically on China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. If they're buying land in our country, there's a reason for that. And we should have an extra hurdle for them to be able to go through an inspection to be able to say no before the purchase actually goes through. And it closes some of the loopholes that are there about the size of the property they're buying or about this 99 year lease process they use to sometimes try to skirt around the law, even around military
1: bases. How has the administration responded to this?
2: So far, they've not been opposed to it, which I'm grateful for. We continue to be able to put it out. Most everyone, Democrat and Republican, are nodding their head and saying this is something we need to be able to handle. Uh, Initially, the administration didn't want the Department of Agriculture involved in everything on the CFIUS process, and they said, I don't want it either. Uh, That just takes up more time for the ag uh, groups. Uh, But they do need to be at the table when it's land that they're actually purchasing.
1: Very quickly, just got about 15 seconds left. Uh, China has said They don't want to see Speaker McCarthy meet with the Taiwanese president during her planned stop in California. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I was I was very supportive of Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan and said that publicly. I'm also supportive of Speaker McCarthy uh, meeting with the Taiwanese leader. We're Americans. We meet with who we choose
1: to meet with. Uh, I agree 100 percent. I don't think we should be bullied at all on our own soil. It's incredible, the brazenness of the Chinese. Senator James Langford, always great to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. It's Great to see you again, Tony. All right. Senator James Langford of the Sooner State. All right. After the break, I think uh, I think uh, actor and author Kirk Cameron is going to be joining us. Also still to come, we're going to be hearing from Senator Josh Holley from Missouri. So a lot more Washington watch still to to press into this few minutes we've got remaining. So don't go away. We're going to be back with more. And be sure and join us tonight. That would be 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I know that's late on the East Coast, uh, but it's prayer for the nation. So you can go to TonyPerkins.com and find out more. Alright, don't go away. We're going to be right back with more Washington Watch in just a moment.
6: Visit frc.org slash internships to apply.
1: I'm Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, as I've discussed throughout the program, we live in a culture, quite frankly, that mocks biblical truth and demands the embrace of obvious lies. They want you to be silent in the face of these lies, if not celebrate them. Well, nothing less than full support of this is acceptable to the transgender crusade. The sad reality was evident this week when local politicians and activist groups tried to shut down a story hour taking place right here in Washington, D.C., a public library featuring our good friend, Christian actor and author, Kirk Cameron, and other conservative writers. What is so scary? What is so scary to them about Christian authors reading books? Well, joining me now here in studio to discuss this event is author
7: and actor Kirk Cameron. Kirk, welcome back hey, to the man. program. Great great to see you, Tony. Thanks for having me. Good
1: to see you uh, here in studio. Thanks for dropping by. So uh, you just came from the library. Tell us
7: about it. Yeah, we just came from the library, uh, Cleveland Park Library, and we had a great turnout of families. Uh, we had actually sort of a, a dream team of authors there uh, f- uh, from Brave Books, and uh, these were books uh, including my book on the fruit of the spirit and biblical wisdom to a book about uh, ha- uh, fostering trust between parents and children rather than kids keeping secrets from their parents, which uh, kids are being taught to do now in schools, and and other topics. So Sean Spicer was there, Jack Pasovic was there, uh, uh, Haya Reichick was there from Lives of TikTok, I, I was there reading my book, and... It was a great time with parents and kids, and um, it was great. You know, Washington, D.C. is a very tolerant city, isn't it? Because we had a politician
1: <laughs> earlier this week tweet out about your event. She said, shut it down.
7: But it wasn't. No, it wasn't shut down at all. Sometimes there's, there's a lot more bark than there is bite. I mean, these are wholesome, family family-oriented, faith-filled, patriotic events where we actually... Go outside of the library and we gather um, in Nashville. It was in the rain, underneath umbrellas, 800 people singing the national anthem and God bless America, praying in front of the library and then reading books about how to uh, apply solutions to the problems in America.
1: What I like about this and what I think people like about it, that's why there's such a movement surrounding this, is that this is a way to simply make a statement by doing the right thing and offering an alternative. I mean, they have these drag queen story hours, and we can show up and, you know, if you, if you want to protest, that's fine. You can protest. But rather, why not do something positive? Why, yeah. why not provide the alternative, i.e. the truth, to these children, which is exactly what you're
7: doing, and people are responding in a very positive way. That, that's exactly what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And, and as I travel the country... I recognize that this cultural moment um, is um, requiring us to provide solutions, not just talk about more problems. That's what people want. It's what they need is solutions. And so I'm trying to provide some inspiration and encouragement that drives positive action. Uh, One guy can't save the nation. Uh, A political figure can't. An entertainment figure can't. What we need is for the people, the grassroots, the moms and dads, the grandparents, uh, the business owners, uh, and we need to elect representatives um, and that's one of the things that that uh, I appreciate about you is that you're 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 so great at helping us understand principles of the Constitution. We keep looking at these political figures as our leaders. Well, wait a minute. They're not really our leaders. We're the leaders and they're supposed to be representing us. And so we need to actually lead well or we create a vacuum and they will rush in there and lead poorly with a value system that actually leads to um, tyranny. So that's what we're trying to do is is push that responsibility back down to the parents and to the grassroots level. And, and, and
1: again, I I applaud it. I think it's great. But I want to go a little deeper. You talk about solutions and the the campfire revival. Mm. What America needs. Yes, this is good. Electing good, God-fearing political leaders, that's good. It all takes its place, but the foundation must be a people that return to God and recognize yeah. him and their dependence upon him.
7: Yeah. And you've been talking about that all day and every day. That is where we need to go. And and we, we, we need to go beyond just talking about this. Um, and we need to actually put feet to our faith. The American Campfire Revival was uh, another opportunity during the first 100 days of the Biden administration to say, okay, That administration has a 100-day plan for the nation. What's our plan? What's our plan as the family of faith? And I think that God's Word has something to say about that. And it begins with humbling ourselves, praying, turning from our wicked ways, and then God stepping in and unleashing blessing. And that brings me great hope because if my hope was that every pagan leader and force of darkness in the country was going to get converted uh, in order to save the country, I don't know that I'd have a whole lot of hope, but what God says is that, no, 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 don't worry about them. If my people, if you get it right and get your eyes off all of these other distractions and turn them back to me and, and walk in my ways, I will, I will push them away. Uh, but if you don't, I will bring them and they will discipline you and teach you the lessons you need to learn as my children.
1: And therein lies one of the greatest challenges, because in order to do that, just to acknowledge our dependence upon God, even as a family today, let alone a church and a community, it's going to bring conflict. Yeah. And, and many of us, you know, people don't believe this about me, but I don't like conflict. And so as Christians, I think we're basically rule followers. We don't like conflict. And so we tend to back away from it. But Jesus said, you know, there's going to be conflict if you stand for truth. And I think we live in an age as Christians, we just have to come to terms with that. That it doesn't mean that we're, you know, that, that it's a bad thing. Sometimes conflict leads to resolution and results.
7: I, I, think, I think that's exactly right. When I think of our founders, they, they weren't rioters. They weren't insurrectionists. These weren't rebels. These were, were men and women who so valued individual liberty under God. They so valued a future that would allow their children to have religious liberty, economic liberty, political liberty, that they were willing to do the thing that they hated to accomplish what they wanted, which was... To secure their God-given rights to their children. They didn't right. want to do this. This was a, uh, this was a last resort. They understood the biblical principles of, um, resistance to tyranny. They read Lex Rex. They understand that there are, there are lower magistrates that, that apply first to, to conflict. But eventually you get to the place where, um, there is no other appeal but right. an appeal to heaven and there must be conflict.
1: And and when that comes, we stand firmly on biblical truth. And there's, it could not be clearer to me in this battle over human sexuality mm. as God has designed us mm. and created us to be. Not only not only is the Bible very clear on this, science
7: is clear on this, and and we should not hesitate to stand for this truth. Yeah, uh, we, we have to. Uh, if if we don't stand for the basic building blocks of the family and. Uh, the the distinction between male and female. What will we stand for? And if we won't yeah. stand for the, right. the, the 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 responsibility to protect the hearts and minds of our children, our toddlers, then when will we ever stand? And so that's that's why I've written this book. As you grow, that's why I'm going out across the country, reading in these public libraries. I'm trying to to be a, one candle that lights a torch that can spread into uh, a a fire in in the hearts of parents. I want to see a great awakening in this country, and my hope is that the Bible and history tell us that um, it's during times of moral decline, spiritual apathy, and economic collapse that revivals take place. So I believe, Tony, that this National setback we've been experiencing is really a divine setup for a spiritual comeback led by the family of faith. If we respond.
1: That's right. Because you're right. Everything that people trust in is imploding. And so if we lead the way, I, right. I, I think you're absolutely right. It is set up for a return to God. All right, how can folks keep up with what you're doing and how they might, what's, what's next on the, uh, on the schedule? Where will you be next?
7: We'll be going to Scottsdale, Arizona next for another public library reading of this book, As You Grow. And you can find out more about uh, our library readings at bravebooks.com. You can sign up for the Book of the Month Club. It'll bring one of these books. There's many in the series to your door every month. Uh, and you can follow me on Facebook, That'd be the best place to, to check so when's, out what when's doing. Scottsdale Scottsdale is going to be, I believe it's, uh, April 13th, 14th, okay. 15th, somewhere around there. Good. Good. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, again, I just, Kirk, I just, I appreciate what you're
1: doing and, you know, you didn't have to step out here in the, in the not so friendly world, but it's making a difference. It really is. And you're giving people hope you're inspiring them. And and we're seeing other pastors. We're seeing pastors mm-hmm. take this idea, because we've had a number of our pastors who have done that, taken this idea and said, you know what, we can, you know, we can curse the darkness or we can turn on some light. And yeah. they're getting space in the local library, and they're reading Christian books. Some are reading your books. Some are reading the Bible,
7: and and that's where I think we ought to be right now. Yeah, a- absolutely. Getting out of the four walls of the church into the public square, and uh, I-, I believe that that's where we've always we're supposed to be, is we're not supposed to be complaining about the culture, but God's commissioned us to create the culture. And when we don't, others pick up our playbook and they start training up our children in the way they should go. When they rise up, when they walk along the way, when they go back to sleep and uh, they turn out the kind of world that they want, which is the antithesis of
1: what's good and beautiful And, and true. And when we allow the world to do
7: that, we're left to just sift through the ashes. That's right. We make our bed; we got to sleep in it. Um, but uh, there, there's always hope, and there's no time like right now because I think we're at the edge, nearing the I, edge I, of the I, falls.
1: I, I, I agree. Just I was mentioned earlier, the Republican lawmakers in Kentucky overriding the Democratic governor on a transgender bill that would protect children from these experimental surgeries and drugs. Those are moving all across the country. You know, a lot of people now starting to push back. Yes, on this radical agenda. Up. Yeah, they are. They're waking up to this. A lot of resistance. Even today, the uh, earlier in the program, we were talking about uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs making a commitment to pull back from these drag queen story hours on our military bases mm-hmm. because uh, Matt Gaetz, member of Congress, pressed him on it. So we're seeing we're seeing progress.
7: Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, at, at some point, you realize that this system doesn't work. It, it's, it's not delivering on the promises that it makes of some socialist, communist, Marxist utopia. People don't understand those terms yet, but the more and more they see of what the world is becoming, people are sort of wanting to hit the brakes and say, wait a minute, let's. And now they're listening more to you. They're right. listening more to the people who can tell them what's going on. And what we need to continue to do is provide solutions, not just, um, you know, um, pedal. Pedal fear for uh, ratings and profits with our media programs, but actually provide solutions people can do. Hope, truth, and uh, a way forward. Kurt Cameron, thanks for stopping by. Thank you,
1: brother. Always good to see you. Thank you, you too. And uh, we'll be tracking you and see where you're going next. All right. Okay. Scottsdale, Arizona, coming up. Well, folks, as details continue to emerge in the Nashville shooting at a Christian school in which a biological woman who identified as a man killed three students and three staff members, there are increased calls for authorities to investigate this wicked act of violence as a hate crime, targeting Christians for their biblical beliefs. Joining me now to discuss this and more, Senator Josh Holly of Missouri, who has introduced a resolution condemning the violence as a hate crime. Senator Holly, welcome back to Washington Watch.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Tony.
1: So reports indicate the shooter targeted the school and not any specific individual. But these were children and staff killed because they were at a Christian school. And the law enforcement has said there was an issue that this uh, young woman had against the school. Do you think we can expect the Biden administration to investigate this as a hate
0: crime? Well, no, but they should. And this is why I wrote to the FBI director and the Secretary of Homeland Security yesterday demanding that they open a hate crime investigation. Look, Tony, you know the law. It's clear. If you commit an act of violence or attempt to commit an act of violence against an American based on their religious affiliation, that is a hate crime. That's what we have here. I mean, based on what the Nashville PD is telling us, that this was targeted, as you just said, she didn't randomly choose this school. She targeted this school. This is a Christian school. These were students at that school, employees of the school. These people were targeted based on their affiliation with the institution. There needs to be a hate crime investigation because, Tony, we've got to stop this from happening to other Christian schools and and places of faith in the future.
1: Uh, Senator, the, the legacy media has jumped into action, painting this violence as a reaction against legislation that actually protects kids from these experimental gender treatments, like uh, your state of Missouri is being very aggressive to try to stop this. It's about churches and Christians that hold to a view of human sexuality as defined by the Bible. But isn't this really just a natural result of the dangerous rhetoric of the left on these issues?
0: Well, I would hope that all of these groups, all of these so-called human rights groups, would be out there condemning this as the hate crime that it is. I mean, that's the real test of their any moral authority. If they want to be taken seriously at all and have any kind of authority to speak into this right now, they need to first say, we condemn this hate crime. We condemn hateful rhetoric and speech, hateful speech that leads to crimes. I mean, that's what they ought to say. The problem is so many of these groups have engaged in this kind of hate speech. They've talked about a day of genocide. They've taught or they've accused Christians of genocide and they've talked about days of vengeance against anybody who opposes them. You know, I mean, Tony, I got to tell you, I mean, that is walking right up to the line of incitement where they're actually encouraging people like like this, this woman who is clearly mentally unstable. I mean, who knows? This is why we need a hate crime investigation to find out what influenced her. There's apparently a manifesto so-called. We need to know what's in it. You know, what what is it that was driving her? And all of these groups need to renounce hate speech that leads to violence.
1: Uh, You're absolutely right, and I appreciate you stepping out and making that statement because I know the left doesn't like it, which tells me it's the right thing to do. Senator Josh Hawley, always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for uh, phoning in and joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right, Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri. Again, you can join us tonight for a nationwide prayer event being hosted by Pastor Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Go to TonyPerkins.com. More information there. That begins at 10 p.m. Eastern time Uh, tonight. It'll be uh, myself, Pastor Jack, and several other leaders as we pray for our nation. All right. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed,